The book writers resource podcast. The book writers resource podcast. Hello, welcome to episode six of the Book Writers Resource podcast. I'm Ian Pringle. I'm here with Mandy Hi. and David. Hello. Um, moving on from last week, we were talking about uh, in the last episode. We were talking about. We got to the end. We were talking about content, and uh, you've spent quite a lot of time with different people who uh, have approached you with all manner of content that they want to turn into books of, of different descriptions, and you must have had some great stories uh, uh, along the line there. So we thought we'd just dedicate this episode, really, to to those people and the wonderful things that you've learned from those people. So, David, do you want to start us off with someone? Yeah, I'd, I want to start with one of the first people that we, we actually took on, um, a gentleman named Tony. And he came to us with... Uh, he wanted to have a, an heirloom made, a, a book of his father's life during his internment in Singapore uh, during the Second World War in Changi Jail. And this is something that we're quite passionate about, is is getting family stories written for you know, so that they're not forgotten. And what was really interesting with this particular story that we were we were given by Tony was he didn't know any of it at all. And it was only after his father passed away that they found out because his father had managed to keep a diary while he was in prison. Now, if he'd have been found with this diary, he'd have been shot. But somehow he managed to keep this this little diary no bigger than an inch square, keep tiny little notes that he wrote of what happened during his time there. He, uh, Tony was able to transcribe it. Um, very carefully because it was all written in pencil. So after 50, 60 years of being, you know, in a, in an attic somewhere, it actually kept quite well, but there were a few pages that were unintelligible. I was very fortunate to be able to have a look at this diary. Um, and as a historian, for me, it was magic, absolutely magic. And... Tony was able to fill in some of the gaps using notes that he'd found online um, from history books and blogs and things. Um, now, this book is not for commercial sale. It's a family heirloom, um, hence why uh, there's there's some copyrighted material that's in it. So you can't buy this book. It's It's not for sale. But it's such a wonderful piece that he's put together and and he showed me the completed works um before we turned it into a book and i was blown away utterly blown away and reading what happened with tony's father in the camps um in changi jail and he was spared the worst of it because he being an engineer he was kept away from the horrors of working on the railroad railroad where many people died um, quite horribly and it was such a wonderful thing to learn about I mean, it was obviously a horrific event in history but to actually learn that somebody's family heritage went right to that and he came out of it and he had his family it was quite beautiful really what did um because interested two things there really in terms of this guy tony that's put this together um 
I'm wondering what the impact was on him of discovering all of these things, but also how that felt when he kind of completed, presumably completed, and he's got this sort of finished heirloom, like you say, this book that he can that he can hand down. What's been the impact on him? So when, I mean, obviously there was the shock of finding the diary and finding out all this stuff about his dad. He visited the, the what they called the Death Railway over in Singapore um, and learning all that, that stuff that happened to his dad, very emotional. Um, but the one thing when he actually received his books, when we got them all printed, they were all printed in hardbacks um, so that they would keep. And he said when he opened it and he held it in his hand and he flicked through it, he, he was crying when he'd got it. Such was the emotion that, that went through him. For me, that was that really made my day it made my week um because one of the reasons i do what i do not that he was so upset that didn't make you no 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 (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no he wasn't upset he he was overcome by emotion because he'd finally got it he was so pleased with his book and what it represented for his family um he was overcome with emotion and and for me that really made my day uh, well my week really because Getting into publishing, one of the things I really love is when an author opens the box and they pull out some of their books. It's the look on their face, the the wow, I did this. And to be a part of that journey, it's a privilege. It's a real privilege. It's It's an intimate, special thing. And for him, it was extra special because of what the book represented. Um, so that was that's one wonderful. There's plenty of other stories I could say, but that's the one that really hit home for me Brilliant. that I would like to share. Oh yeah, thanks for sharing that, David. Really nice. And and Mandy, what about you? What stories have kind of really struck you from the people that you've worked with? Um, one of the very first ones was uh, it was quite funny actually because after a thirty year career doing something else, I changed my profile on LinkedIn, and one of our first customers popped along, and we had a chat, and. Uh, can you help me? How much do you charge? And it caught me totally off guard. But working with that individual in terms of um, the subject matter and what he achieved with that book and what he's gone on to achieve since then, because, you know, it's building a business around that book as a product. And, of course, a book is a low-end entry into understanding what it is that you do as a subject matter expert. Um so that was fairly joyous because going through that process, we learned about a lot about how to work with an author, um, what it is that they're looking for, uh, the continuous, is this good enough, is this good enough? Even when somebody's been an expert in the field, we all have that little bit of an imposter that goes, oh, I'm not sure I'm doing this and... You know, is it good enough? Um, and then the other one that was really lovely... There's been, so just on... So that yeah. it's, this was about the... Um not necessarily about the story that this person had to share, but just the fact that this was your first person that you'd worked with and that yeah. experience from your perspective of of, of helping somebody on yes. that journey. Yes, okay. yeah. Right. yeah. And a lot of it is to do, this is where the mindset comes in, because a lot of it is to do with believing that your subconscious can fill those gaps in. And uh, David referred to it on an earlier um, episode where free-flowing with your writing, trust that something will come along that will fill the gap really adequately and really well. Um, and, I, and 
another part of it really is making sure that the author enjoys the journey because there's an awful lot of work goes into it. It's like anything you learn new. You can forget about the um, the parts of the journey that you know were the challenge, um, the parts of the journey where you wanted to pull your hair out. Um, but actually it's saying to yourself, I want to enjoy this process because I'm setting out to do this. I'm putting good money behind it. And, you know, like Tony, the guy that wrote the story of his father, the satisfaction you get from the end of that with the book in your hands. Another one during lockdown, a lady contacted me, an 83-year-old lady called Norma, and her daughter was a theatre nurse at a local hospital now, her daughter used to tell her granddaughter stories about a character called Annie the Ant. And now Norma's daughter died of COVID, I know. And getting to understand, I never met her daughter, but her daughter had saved somebody's life on a plane because she was a nurse, somebody was having a heart attack. Uh, learning about the characters that she created for this story. And what happened was Norma sent me three scraps of paper with the story in pencil from what she recollected. And both David and I then went on to recreate this book so that Norma's got her daughter's story. We worked with a local artist um, who came up with some really creative drawings for the book and we got to give her that book. Now, yes, she sold some of them, but that was all about keeping her daughter's memory alive and that was such a privilege. That's right, and I think I remember you telling me about that book and that that any funds from the sales were going towards... um, a charitable oh, objective, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. all the charities yeah. that, I mean, her daughter, um, she was everywhere in terms of supporting local charities. She did so much. She left a big hole, mm. you know, um, apart from the fact she was a theatre nurse, but, you know, the work that she did for a women's refuge, all sorts of charities that she supported. So the process of understanding what's going on in the background in people's lives is fascinating when they become an author. Absolutely. And I, and I imagine, you know, that's, it's incredibly sad and, something that would have affected a lot of people during COVID that have lost people and certainly those, you know, courageous people in the front line who, many of whom lost their lives and all of whom have probably left children behind. So a book like that, not only being a hugely valuable Mm -hmm. thing for her mum to write, but also for this woman's daughter to receive, um, hopefully has been powerful for other people who have experienced the same thing as well. Yes, and and one of the other reasons that we do this is you know, we all think we're going to be here forever, but finding out about what your mum was like, what they did, who they were, where, you know, where your parents met, all that kind of good stuff. It might might be stuff that you don't necessarily talk about, but sharing that journey with your parents and getting them to write their story. And it can be a family affair as well. So it can be, oh, do you remember when we went on holiday to X and everybody's got a different memory of those days. So it's a shared collective and it's a way of putting a family together in a way, but also writing that legacy story, which personally I'm really passionate about because once they're gone, they're gone. Yeah, It's a reason to ask those questions when you might not have asked them before, but suddenly when you're yeah. sitting there as author, researcher, you can suddenly ask your mum the questions and sit down with that photograph or whatever, you know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. A, a great way in. Yeah. David, you can say something. I was. Um you're saying about speaking to your parents and family about about the lives. There's a, there's a book that I worked on before I was in TBWR, 
And that's the book writer's resource <clears throat> for anybody that can't grasp an acronym. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank you. Um, thank you. Yeah. Um, so it was before I was working in TBWR, uh, the book writer's resource, and it was the life story of um, a young lady called Katerina Fergala. And her book was written, put together by her daughter, Halia. And it's been self-published. And she spent years writing down her mother's stories, uh, the, just little snippets here and there that her mum would recall and just say, you know, we did this, or we did that. And it was actually quite an eye-opening book to, to work through. And it was for Halia when she was listening to her mother's stories about what Katerina went through. She was actually um, in conscripted labour by the Nazis, um, forced to work on railways and then work on farms during um, the Nazi occupation of um, a village called Halachina, which is Ukrainian. Um, and she stayed in Germany once the war was over. And then she actually came over to Britain, which is how she ended up, uh, how he ended up here. But the whole story was so beautifully put together from her mum's recollections of what happened and how you filled in the gaps historically where where it was needed. Um, there, were, there was also some information that was delivered from lectures. Um, and this is an important thing as part of the story. Um, copyrighted material typically can't be used in a book unless you have permissions granted. And I wrote a letter to the universities where these lectures were, were delivered and asked if we could use it within the book. And I had to use a German translator to actually write these letters appropriately. And the permissions were granted. And that was a nice feeling as well because it all added to the story of Katerina's life. And when the book was completed, um, it... It was, well, I, I can't explain how fulfilling that was when it was, because it was the, the life of, um, of this lady, Katerina. What's really nice about a lot of the things you're talking about as well is we, we, um, these people are being able to publish their own little bits of history, um, which are so powerful, whereas, I guess, his, historically speaking, people that were written about tended to be those people that were wealthy or from yes. you know advantaged backgrounds so to be to, to capture these stories now i'm sure in the future that's going to be a brilliant resource for so Absolutely. many people yeah i mean there's so many books that talk about the grand sweeping narratives that took place during these big events you know uh, tactics that happened in the war um, the uh, what happened with the evacuees in in britain um, you know the invasion of, of France and then D-Day with um, storming of Normandy. But the people that were there, that were they make up a tiny, tiny little cog within the great tapestry of, of, the, of history. That often gets overlooked. And to have it written in book format for people to buy is, you know, it, it sheds a light on what life was like before all of this happened and during what happened. So people get us a, a real scope of real life, not just um, this happened, this happened, this happened. It was we did this, we did that, I did this, I was taken here and this was my life.
it, it's much more immersive than just reading a history book. Absolutely. Really nice stories. Any others before? We, are they the ones that we were going to cover today? Just those three? Or was there any other little moments that have struck you from your experience with these authors? There's um, a group of people I work with during lockdown. I, was a, I volunteered to do a creative writing course, not something I've ever done before. So it was a kind of make it up as I go along. And each of these individuals, they were probably, probably all in their 60s and higher. And one particular gentleman stood out. Well, I've not really got anything interesting to say. And I said, well, what was your first wage? And he mentioned something like three pounds, six shillings and sixpence. And I said, and what did you do? He said, I was an apprentice farrier. You know, so his story about the farrier coming in to say, you need to help me because surely the man who lived up the road has died and he's on the floor and his mum wants us to pick him up. You know, he said, I'd never seen a dead body. He said, I was only 17. He said, so I had to pick, pick up the foot end and the farrier had to pick up the other end. So I'm going to drop him. And the farrier said... He's not going to feel it, you know. So the humour that comes out in people's histories and every single one of those individuals, they all talked about, you know, their experience of life. One lady wrote the lockdown poem. Another lady wrote about um, two little pigs who were always telling tales um, based on her childhood with her sister. And every single one of them, I got writing through the process, and every single one of them had got something to say. And it was so lovely listening to their stories. So it's Tony Robbins, love him or hate him. I always remember um, him saying, we need to talk to old people and polish up their memories. And that is so true. Because once you get talking to people, they've, you know, anybody that you see really, you, you have a chat, their backstory is always interesting. There's always something um, for them to say that, you know, funny stories almost, almost in like a Billy Connolly type way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Okay, thank you. So that brings us to the end of another episode of the Book Writers Resource podcast. I'm with me, Ian Pringle, Mandy Ward and David Hambling. Um, next week, we're going to be going to be suggesting some reading for you actually based on david and mandy's experiences of good books that you should use if you're approaching writing or think about writing a, a book for yourself so uh for now it's goodbye for us goodbye bye bye the book writers resource podcast features advice from mandy ward and david hamling if you would like to hear more from them visit www.tb wr.co.uk or email info at tbwr.co.uk. This was a Listening Shelf production presented by Ian Pringle.